What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hanks show. Indeed it is. Hello, live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive here in lovely Kinston, North Carolina. It is hump day. It's a soggy hump day. You know, though, hump day is good every day, but it's a little bit wet out there today. Hey, it's Wednesday, June the 21st. In the year of our Lord, 2023, this is episode 885 of the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey, why they'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game. But man, we have got another great show here for you today. Here in our first hour, we're going to be joined by our new regular Wednesday guest. He's the car guy with a bow tie, although I've not seen him in a bow tie in the last couple of times I've seen him. So we need to know if we need to change that moniker for him, but he's our resident PGA and golf expert. We're going to look back at the U.S. Open. We are going to uh, talk about a bunch of stuff with him, but very excited about this. Michael Martin joining us. He will be live here in our plush, well-lit studio on Whitehall Drive uh, in uh, less than 15 minutes or so, so very excited about that. Man, do we have a lot to talk to him about. We've got the NBA draft coming up uh, tomorrow night. We've got, like I said, uh, PGA. He is our golf guy. And he's going to uh, just uh, get us caught up on all that stuff. And Michael Martin uh, today making his debut as a regular Wednesday 7-15, guest. So pretty excited about that. Uh, in our second hour, we're going to be joined by uh, Hall of Fame coach George Whitfield, who is going to be live from Omaha, Nebraska, on our Spence Automotive guest line. Got to tell you, if you've watched even a minute of the College World Series, you've seen Coach Whit behind home plate. Proudly wearing his ECU colors. He had a splash of Virginia orange on there for the Cavs' first game uh, all the way back on Saturday. But, man, uh, he, has, he is just a mainstay. He is a fixture at the College World Series and very excited to uh, talk to him about that. Down to the Final Four at the College World Series. We've still got an ACC team in there, an SEC team in there, TCU. Not sure what conference TCU is in. I think Big 12. Anyway, uh, but Final Four of the uh, College World Series it begins today. Uh, it's going to be a, a lot of fun, man. Uh, Florida takes on TCU today at 2 o'clock. That's on ESPN. If necessary, they if uh, TCU wins that, because Florida's not lost yet, if TCU wins that, then they'll have to play another game, an elimination game uh, tomorrow. Now, Wake Forest hasn't lost yet. They play uh, today at uh, 7 o'clock. Uh, Wake Forest takes on LSU. That is going to be a heck of a game right there. And then if uh, Wake Forest is still undefeated, so if they lose, there would have to be another game. That would be tomorrow. I think uh, ESPN's got that listed at 7 o'clock. And then the uh, uh, best of three College World Series final would be uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday at 7 o'clock. Game two would be Sunday at 3 o'clock. Game three would be Monday at seven o'clock so there and then you'll have your national champion from there but man wake forest is i gotta tell you going into the and this is one of the things we'll talk to a uh, coach Witt about when we have him on in the second hour yes they were the number one overall seed going in but there were a lot of people who doubted wake forest uh, i mean even having chris edwards on here talking about it and like i said just other folks who have talked about this panicelli has said it too that they were probably going in as the number one seed no one really had a lot of faith in uh, the Demon Deacons. And, I mean, count me amongst those two. I mean, they play in a band box in Winston-Salem. Yeah, they hit a lot of home runs. But from what I understand, it's basically – I've never been to that field before, but from what folks tell me, it's almost like a uh, high school field. It's that short. Uh, but, man, it doesn't matter. Wake Forest has just looked tremendous. I mean, they look good in the re in their regional. They look good in their super regional, uh, blasting their way into the College World Series. And doggone, if they've not played great in the College World Series, too, beating Stanford 3-2 to two 
uh, beating LSU three to two a couple of days ago. So uh, they get another uh, LSU gets another shot at seven o'clock today. So uh, I will be uh, plopped in front of my TV watching that. But of course, like I said, the two o'clock game is Florida TCU and then Wake Forest LSU, and we'll get uh, Coach Witt's feelings on all of those games that are going to be taking place today. So there you go, Michael Martin here in our first hour. Coach George Whitfield in our second hour. It's gonna. It's hard to beat that. Let me get. Let me tell you about the rest of the week too, man. Because we've got a great rest of the week coming up uh, tomorrow. We have Shane Albee on in our first hour. Sugar Shane Albee uh, just bringing the energy, bringing the heat. And then uh, I know yesterday we had Catherine Pearson, and Jessica Cruz on from LCC. Catherine Pearson will be back, but she'll be bringing a new guest with us, Prudencio. I don't even know his last name. I know his. In fact, he may be. We were talking about this yesterday. He's like Bono. He's like Madonna. He's got one name. It's Prudencio, and he's going to be telling us about uh, a big event that's going to be taking place uh, this weekend. In fact, uh, in the interest of full disclosure, I think it's going to be moved, though, because they're anticipating uh, bad weather this weekend. But we'll talk about uh, when it's going to be moved to, just all the great events that's going to be going on, and getting to meet a new person here on the show in Prudencio from LCC. I just like saying that. Then on Friday, man, we are going to be live from the East Coast Invitational in Jacksonville, uh, Jacksonville, Florida, in Jacksonville, North Carolina. Now, right now we've got uh, Paul Whittington coming on with us in the first hour, Wells Gulledge in the second hour. Going to get uh, Todd Bartley to join us. He's going to be, I'm going to be helping him uh, call these games uh, during the ECI. Uh, a ton of games going to be taking, on, taking place there at four different sites. Uh, it's Wells Gulledge's baby. He uh, birthed this bad boy about, what, 21, 22 years ago. And uh, it is. It is a great event. And uh, Jacksonville brings a lot of money to the local economy. But looking forward to talking to uh, to Coach Gulledge about that. Todd Bartley, we're going to try to get – may try to get Perry Tindall on tomorrow for a few minutes as they're getting ready for the ECI. We'll figure that out, though. But, uh, again, doing the show live from the East Coast Invitational in Jacksonville on Friday. Pretty excited about that. Heck, we've even got Monday's show planned out uh and I, i'm very excited about this man it's gonna be another first time guest to the show angelo keys uh a kinston high school just all-timer one of the best student athletes to come out of there in the last 20 years and probably ever i mean you talk about a guy that was just a terror on the uh, football field and was amazing there was a uh, state champion in basketball and can't wait to have him on angelo keys on top of everything too he's starting a new podcast and in fact i need to look and see if it's been released yet i know a couple days ago he had announced that uh he was going to be uh, doing that and i just thought it'd be neat to have him on just to go down memory lane talk to him about that but also uh talk about his new uh, podcast too that is coming out um Man, we are getting closer and closer and i'm going to be talking about this a lot more especially since i'm starting to write the stories for it now but uh, the Kinsel and North County Sports Hall of Fame is coming up. That is going to be August the 19th. That's going to be Saturday, August the 19th at the uh, Kinston Community Center. A ton of uh, – we've not had one because of the pandemic a couple of years ago, and we kind of slowed things down a little bit. But we're inducting 12 individuals into it, nine athletes, two coaches, one recreation uh, we're in, uh, inducting five teams. It is going to be a big day, Saturday, August the 19th. We are, uh, what, just a, a little under two months away from it. So uh, I, I guess the main reason, tickets are going fast. They're going very fast. Again, when you're inducting 12 people at one time and five teams, you know uh, things are going to go quickly. But, uh, you, hey, here are the people who are going in. William Clay Croom Jr. or Clay Croom. Craig Dawson from Kenston High School. Daryl Goff. From uh, North Lenore, Chris Hatcher, our man, just one of our all-timers here on the show, one of the all-timers from uh, Lenore County. Uh, Chris Hatcher going in from Kinston High School. Earl Miller will be joining uh, the Hall of Fame. Jennifer Nye, uh, just an amazing swimmer and uh, just an amazing person from uh, Rendell Parrot Academy. Charles Shackelford, the late Charles Shackelford from Kinston High School. A couple of South Lenore athletes and coaches. Peggy Jean Taylor and Don Whaley. And the coaches that are going in, uh, Craig Hill and Wells Gullage. Speaking of Wells, he is going to be inducted. I believe, uh, if I looked at it right, uh, when we were putting this thing together, Wells will be the second youngest inductee ever in the Kinsley-Lenore County Sports Hall of Fame, only behind 
Jerry Stackhouse. Uh, Jerry was the, abs- was the youngest that we ever inducted back in our inaugural class in 2004. But uh, Wells becomes the second youngest all time. And then uh, on the recreation side, Bill Ellis, you might have heard of him. Uh, just only the uh, probably the most important person in uh, Kensal North County uh, Parks Recreation history. He will not tell you that because he is so humble, but uh, the people who know, they know Bill Ellis is the most important. Then five state championship teams will be joining us. Uh, The 1949 and 1950 Granger baseball teams uh, won uh, back-to-back baseball titles. The 1955-1956 Granger High School basketball teams, they won back-to-back titles too. And then the 1969 Adkin basketball team uh, won the very last, talk about history, won the very last uh, North Carolina, I don't remember what they called it then, but it was the, uh, the, black, uh, the black schools association, like the NCHSAA, but for our African-American uh, schools. And uh, they won the very last one in 1969. So some uh, great teams there, five uh, great teams joining us. You know what? The reason I bring all that up too is not only do we uh, do you want to go to that and see all these great individuals, see all these great teams, but tickets are going fast. And if you want to buy a ticket, you can come to me, get in touch with me, and I can hook you up there, or go to the uh, Kinston Community Center, go to the front desk there, and one of the folks uh, there will hook you up and tell you where you need to go to get those tickets. But I'm telling you, you're not going to want to miss this. It's uh, Saturday, August the 19th. What, about uh, eight weeks, I guess, from this Saturday. So uh, make your plans to be there. What a great sports week that's going to be anyway because uh, high school football kicks off that Friday night, and that's right. High school football will be right back here on 960thebull, 960thebull.com. Myself, Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Smith, uh, Paul Whittington on the sideline, and uh, we're going to just have a bunch of fun. Uh, Jason Bryant, how can I forget Jason Bryant selling all the ads for it and also contributing to to our Friday night broadcast, but uh, be sure to, uh, hey, we're, uh, I guess uh, Jason is putting together a schedule there. We'll let you know when that schedule comes out too, and I'm just going to have a lot of fun doing that. Let's let's thank a couple of our sponsors. i got to start. You know what? I haven't really given as much love as I need to to our good friends over to Rendell Parrot Academy. Uh, just uh, really do. David Moody, all the folks over to Rendell Parrot Academy, they are the largest independent non-sectarian prep school in the region. Located on a beautiful 80-acre campus right here in Kinston, Parrot Academy draws students from all over eastern North Carolina, including Kinston, Greenville, Snow Hill, Newburn, Goldsboro, Trenton, Maysville, Pollocksville, Jacksonville. Just If you are listening to this show, as I like to say on terrestrial radio, by God, you can send your child to the best private school in eastern North Carolina, heck, in North Carolina. That's a Rendell Parrot Academy. APA students receive acceptances from colleges and universities across the country and around the world. Give them a call at 252-522-4222 or visit their beautiful campus at 1901 Dobbs Farm Road in Kinston. And again, thank you, Mr. Moody. Thank you to all the folks over at Rendell Parrot Academy for being one of our day one sponsors. Uh, listen, we've at one time or another had probably 25, 30 sponsors in our three and a half years. But, uh, oh, man, look at this good-looking guy coming down the hall right here. But Rendell Parrot Academy, uh, one of our day ones, and we truly do appreciate them. Listen, got to thank our title sponsor of the Brian Hanks Show. It's Lenore Community College for 65 years. LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kenston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit the website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of their beautiful campuses in Kenston, Snow Hill, or Trenton to find out how you, Michael Martin, can change your life today if you felt like changing your life. Uh, change is good. <laughs> change is very good. good. Dude, I've got to say this, man, and I promise in your very first appearance as a regular guest, I'm not hitting on you. I don't want to make you uncomfortable <laughs> here in your first few moments. How much weight have you lost? Dude, oh, you can now see it. Dude, man, you can see it in now. your face. No, dude, you can so, see it in your face. Um, After I had a huge steak last night at uh, How To, so I, I probably put a couple back, but um, I think about 45 pounds. So, dude, you've been... always been a good-looking guy. Okay, again, again, 
I have a 54-year uh, record of flaming heterosexuality, okay? Go. So uh, I'm hoping I'm not making you uncomfortable here. Nah, like I said, nah, the first nah. But you look good, dude. Thank you, really, you, man. I appreciate it. And I really it. saw I you coming down the I hall. I mean, it. you look... Well, I, you should because I fill it up. So <laughs> No, man, you were a, a thinner representative of the awesome. Michael Martin that was awesome. around here a few months ago. Well, what's encouraged you to do this? Uh, well, yeah, so uh, the fine people at UNC uh, Lenore Health, um, I had some health issues, and um, I, I spent a couple of days with uh, the folks over there, and, uh, and 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 my good friend and cardiologist, Dr. Pradeep, who uh, might be one of the uh, best human beings walking this planet. If you want to know what healthcare should be, have a conversation with Dr. Pradeep. He is someone who cares about his patients and, and and has told me on numerous occasions that his job is to care for his patients not to make money for pharmaceutical companies and um things of that nature and it, you know his caring approach um is really uh, a wonderful thing now don't misconstrue that with I mean, he has called me a dumbass. Um, <laughs> okay. And 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 in in all uh, honesty, I appreciate that. Like, you know, when you go into a a doctor's office, and you know they talk to you like they're giving a deposition, then you realize that they're just going through the motions, but. Um, he generally cares about his patients and he talks to them where he talks to me. I can't say that he talks to everybody, but everybody else may not be a dumbass. So, um, but well, let me tell you, you know, I've never had him on the show. He would be, I mean, I need look, to have him on the show. And it, let me tell you the guy, and I don't mean to interrupt no, you, Michael, but, yeah, but the guidance good. and everything he did during the pandemic, I am fr- lucky to be friends with him on Facebook. And he put, I mean, common sense. I mean, he, he was, I don't know. I don't even know how to say it. Just, I really admire him. And I don't know if I've ever even spoke to him before. We're friends on Facebook, sure. like I said, but sure. just the, the wisdom that he displayed and the calming influence he was during the pandemic right here in Kenton, Lenora County was unrivaled. Hey, you know, and I think that he is someone who is highly regarded, um, around the state. And I, I would say well beyond and it is because he he exercises common sense and he comes from a place that I think medicine should have always come from. And I think we have tremendous physicians here in Kinston and all over Eastern North Carolina. And I think that in many cases... It, you know, it, it requires a great deal of courage to take a stand and to offer an opinion that maybe contradicts the norms. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, I think that that's probably what I respect the most about Dr. Pradeep is he isn't concerned about what 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 is expected. He's not concerned about the status quo. He's concerned about the, what's in the best interest of his patients from their um, their, their physical health, their mental and emotional health, and also from you know their economic health. I mean, it, and politics. I don't you know particularly want to get into politics this morning, but I will say I am a believer that health care to a degree is right and that, that's a and, and i agree with you to a degree also and here's keep why going, keep going and, and here's why because it, and i had a pastor friend uh christopher evanson he is uh the pastor at white memorial presbyterian church in raleigh and i can remember years and years and years ago he said to me he said why don't we operate our health care system like this Every child from birth gets free health care until they turn and choose whatever age you want, 18, 20, 23, whatever. Yeah. And at that point, 
from, let's just say the age of 20, for then from 20 to 50, you pay your own. And then at 50, free health care begins again. And, I have never heard that before, but I like it. Keep going, and, but and, I like and it. So, That's good. And, and, this, and this was the logic. So if for the first 20 years, every kid got free health care, then think about all of the all of the conditions that we could potentially not eliminate but decrease significantly. Obesity. I mean, if children were educated, and, and healthcare is educational. I mean, I, I have learned a great deal, um, and it's not you don't learn because. You don't learn because you're you're out there to learn in your forties. You learn about healthcare in your forties because you screwed up in the first forty years of your life. So if you could at least mitigate that, then from the age of twenty to fifty, the healthcare costs in this country would go down significantly. Now, it would take a while to incorporate that right. and, and, and integrate that and make it happen. Sure. But, I mean, I'm with you. I have never heard that before, and I like it. I like it, Michael Martin. <laughs> and I, I mean, I really do. And, and that's as a libertarian saying that. But uh, it, it, I don't know. I think it would it, – it's like you it, – but incentiv- incentivize people too. You know what I mean? Well, and you teach them the right habits. Yeah. You, you know, you show – and, yeah, I guess our public school system – you know, should probably do a fair amount of that. But, you know, we've already put so much on the shoulders of the public school system. Um, yeah, and, and like I said, I and, and you admitted that, you know, implementing that would be, I mean, I don't know that it. Well, it's point, something it would take a while. If you decided right now, okay, and, and no, I'm not denigrating this. I think yeah. it's a great idea. But if you decided right now, this is what we're going to do. It would take two or three years for it to even get started. And then would you start it with the people? Let's say it's 2023 now. Let's say you started even in 2025 with the children that are born in 2025, and then you go from that point on. You don't do it now for the people who are 20 or under. You do it with the kids that are born in 2025. So then by the time 2045 rolls around, those first children are getting through that. And you don't even start it for the 50 and older folks either, you know? Right. It would take a while for it to happen, but, dude, I love it. That's thinking forward. That's progressive thinking. And and you don't have to be a progressive voter Mm -hmm. to think progressively. Yeah. And, yeah, and I just think that's an an important thing to consider. But... Absolutely. Uh, I just want social. I'm 54. Okay. I'm older than you. I'm, sure. How old are you? I'm 46. 46. So I'm, I'm eight years older than you. I just want social security to still be, you know, all this dude. And I've spent, I spent, I've paid tens of thousands of dollars, if not probably hundreds of thousands of dollars now in my career. Since I started when I was 16 years old, I'm 38 years in now. Right. I'm really worried that when I hit uh, whatever it is now, 65, I guess, is Social Security even going to be around all this thing that I've put all this money into throughout my life, Mike? That's a legitimate concern. Yeah. That's a legitimate concern. And, you know, I, I think that both sides have valid um, – I think they both have valid plans. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't like the, private, the privatization of things yeah. uh, only because um, – you know, when a private enterprise operates something like I, I was an employee of the North Carolina Ferry Division here in North Carolina for uh, quite a few years in my um, late teens and early twenties, and there's been a a great deal of discussion about privatizing the North Carolina Ferry Division because it's not a um, it's not a tremendous money maker for the state, uh, but it is a continuation of federal roads. So they receive a lot of federal government funding. But if you were to privatize the North Carolina Ferry Division, things that would change would be things like the boats would not be staffed the way they are now. And 
the boats would not be maintained the way they are now. All the boats in the North Carolina Ferry Division are painted with a uh, a, a state university theme. So the motor vessel Carteret is um, painted in the school colors of the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Uh, the motor vessel Cedar Island is painted with East Carolina University color scheme. And you know, and to pay homage to our our incredible um, college system in in North Carolina, I think is a great thing. And yeah, you know, I I think by privatizing them, you would lose a lot of things. And one of the things you would run the risk of losing is safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is uh, and that's not necessarily the first thing that comes to mind when you think about travel, but it's an important component to it. And I think that's a microcosm of what would happen, you know, regardless of what government, you know, whether it's the state, you know, the North Carolina Ferry Division or the, the Division of Motor Vehicles or whatever it is, if it's privatized, then you run the risk of losing the the level of professionalism that that you've received up until that point and and before anybody sends a message i know that equal that there's the art an equal argument on the other side and that's neither here nor there did you happen to see the u.s open over the weekend yes i did (laughs) and that's what we're going to get to here in a moment that voice you listen to our regular wednesday guest i like singing that that's That's good yeah man uh michael martin joining us in here now i gotta ask you this uh am i allowed the last four times i've seen you now you've not had a bow tie on yeah you used to be the car guy with a bow tie are we well it's still there brush that aside it's still there it's still there i've just uh adopted i mean you look good again wow i'm trying to keep this uh, whatever you look good, like That's I kind. said earlier, That's but kind. you just haven't, you know, you haven't had a bow tie. You might end up opening time. yourself up to a whole new audience if you keep talking <laughs> to me like this, Brian. But yeah, no, it's um, yeah, I've just it, it's it, around the dealership. It was, yeah, and most of the guys don't wear ties anymore, and um, I don't know. I just you get into a habit, and I've been dressed a little more. uh spiffy casual and um spiffy casual not business casual spiffy casual i like that businesses for the mundane there you go i like it if you don't mind and we don't mind telling people i mean you're volunteering your time to come here on the show anyway and i appreciate that but uh you're with massey i am how how is car business i know after the pandemic or during the pandemic and a little bit after it was a little it was getting a little uh, scary there, wasn't it? Well, where, yeah. where are you guys at now? So, you know, our, our inventory is a lot better. We have, um, yeah, I, I posted the other day, we have more Camrys on the lot right now than we probably have in the last three years. Wow. It's, um, yeah, and it's it's a core product-driven market right now. So production. Well, what does that mean? I don't and, know and, that and so f- with Toyota, our core products are oh, okay. the Camry, the Corolla, the RAV4, um, Tacoma. And and so production is driven by core products. There's still a um, – a, 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 we still do not have a great stock of Tundras, uh, Forerunners, Sequoias, um, hybrid vehicles are in incredible demand and, and Toyota Sienna vans, but, um, it, it is a new day. It's, there's a lot of positivity out there. The way of shopping for vehicles has changed significantly. Um, in what way? So now in a lot of cases, you know, to get what you want and, and, and believe me, it's a want driven market not a need driven market but if you want a trd pro toyota forerunner four-wheel drive you know black with tan interior with big old tires on it you can't forget the big old tires there's not one on the ground okay and so what what we have to do now is you reach out to uh, myself. Uh, my cell number is 252-241-5773. Hold on, let me write this down. 252-241-5773. <laughs> two, two, 
Uh, you know, we throw out Jacques' number every day well, I mean, <laughs> on the birthday game, too. So now, now yeah. if you want to talk to Michael Martin, here's you know how, how to you get do me. it. You know yeah. how to get me. And so you, you reach out, and, and it may take weeks. It may take a month or longer. But what we'll be able to do is we can provide you a pathway to get to what you want. Mm-hmm. Alternatively, if you need a car. And people who want cars and people who need cars are two different people. If you need a car, I've got probably upwards of 60 or 70 vehicles on a lot pre-owned and new. And and we can help you get into the car that you need. Um, and, and so that being said, it, it's, it's important to assess what type of customer you are before you get into the market. Are well, you I'm your customer? want guy because we've already talked right. about We talked we off, the, off the air about this. We You're going to be helping me in uh, September and October. Yep. Ah, but you said August and September. Well, before. it is now slipped back. <laughs> it slipped back a month. But, but it's September, well, that's fine. I, dude, I'm 54. I love my Mustang. And you know what? I went through my midlife crisis. I think it's time to get something a little real. Something that I can put groceries in. A grocery you know? getter. We're going to get Brian Hanks a grocery getter, fans. <laughs> but, I'm being, but I'm being serious. I mean, it's sad that Linda and I go to Walmart and we just buy, you know, groceries for a couple of weeks or you have to drive separately we almost dude you're not even trying she she drives a fine toyota which she purchased at massey toyota, massey toyota too but uh but it's sad that and nothing against the car i love the car i mean dude don't get it twisted right but i also have a bad back too and getting it well dude, that best thing probably doesn't help it but it doesn't help it at all there right. michael martin but uh, but i'm looking forward to uh, you helping me and again this isn't an ad i'm just saying the truth i mean i'm looking forward to you i'm in your want category well, i'm not in the need category yet you know and look full disclosure i tell my customers all the time and this is probably as much my calling card as the car guy in the bow tie is that you'll never buy a car from a guy who knows less about cars than I do. <laughs> I'm not I'm not the guy who can tell you every minute detail about the car that you're purchasing, but I'll never lie to you. Yeah. I will uh, always how, be honest. How much horsepower do I have in that Mustang sitting out there? All you need. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and beyond that, I'm going to treat you the way I'd want someone to treat my family. Yeah. And any question you have about the car, I if I don't know it, I will find out the answer for you. There you go. Well, very good. Well, like I said, I just was wondering how business was. So business is good then? Business is great. I mean, it, it, but it's a different business than it were, was 10 years ago. Or and even five years ago, right? right? And, and right. you know, and, and so the obstacles that, that the car industry faces now, you know, as much as um, the, as much as the climate has changed in terms of inventory, and that is significant. You know, now you're also dealing with changes in interest rates, and it's um, in what way? In what way? So, so the federal government, in order to combat inflation, uh, generally uses the Federal Reserve as their tool to offset the increase in pricing in general, mm-hmm. and to do that, they raise the federal. Um, interest rate, which directly impacts the interest rate of lenders. And when lenders raise interest rates, then it sort of tempers the uh, the market. And the tempering of the market, generally speaking, is opposed to, you know, if demand decreases, I mean, if, if, if they decrease demand, then the pricing of the supply should be changed to try to create some stasis in that and um and so right now rates are higher than they were have been probably in the last uh probably 15 to 20 years wow and um but they're starting to we're, we're starting to see some of that level off the most recent um federal reserve report they did not increase uh, the, the federal rate. And so that's starting to, um, to benefit, uh, buyers a bit. Um, but, but, you know, the most important thing is to be an informed buyer. When you get to the dealership, know what your credit score is, know how much money you can afford to put down, know what you want your monthly payment to be. And, you know, one of the things that people would tell me early on is, 
well, I don't want to tell you what I want my monthly payment to be because you can do things with those numbers and make, uh, and one thing that I think is a misconception in the car buying experience is that car salesmen are bad people. There are a lot of bad people who sell cars for a living. I mean, there are a lot of bad people who operate, you know, morning sports talk radio shows. <laughs> hey, wait but, a minute. But, you know, there are also a lot of good people out there. Mm-hmm. And if you're not willing to provide someone the information that is important to you, you know, it, it's, imp- I mean, most buyers are in a situation where they have a monthly budget and they need to stay within certain constraints. And if you're not willing to tell the person who's helping you get into your new vehicle, you know, one of the most, I can't read your mind. And so if you share with me what that is, then we can find, you know, find a way for you to get to where you want to be. But there has to be honesty on both sides. And, uh, and, and I'm happy to say that, that I work for what I believe is, is one of, if not the best owner in the history of car dealerships, Randy Kelly, yeah. And his family, right? Now, I don't know Randy, but I know Molly from the SPCA. Well, and and, and you know, if Molly is good a person as she is, if she's willing to tolerate Randy, then he must be a (laughs) hell of a guy. But, you know, Ryan and Randy Kelly, uh, Ryan is is the son of of, uh, Randy and Molly and and the future of Massey Toyota. Um, They're good people. I've, I've never and, heard anything but good things about him, and that's the truth. And, and I'm not just saying that because you're on the show right now. Sure. I mean that. Yeah. I've never heard. And, again, knowing my not, – not that I know Molly that great, but I know of her, and I hear – I mean, you talk about someone who loves animals huh. in Kinston and Lenora County. I, I'm not sure there's anybody that's done more for the SPCA and for our our, our furry friends than uh, than Molly Kelly. No, right. no argument there, and and um, Randy shares her passion for. Well, heck, the where the, the the thing is right down the street right. here. So second chances, the was second given. chances, yeah. the second chances um, thrift store that supports uh, our local SPCA is the former Massey Toyota, yep. um, and and the Kelly family donated that. Um, the front half is to is for second chances in the SPCA, and the and the back half is for Lenore Community College's um, automotive uh, programs. And you know, I'm incredibly proud of the commitment that the Kelly family has made to Lenore County SPCA, and 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 in general, you know the 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 community of Kinston. Um, this is a well that that. Enough said. That's no, it's, uh, it is. And, and listen, and they, here on your very first appearance as a regular on uh, Wednesdays, thought we'd get some of this building block stuff out of the way. You know, well, that's very kind. Well, very kind of you. let us talk. And again, that's Michael Martin uh, live here in our plush well at studio here on Whitehall Drive. Let's talk U.S. Open. I got to tell you, now I'm not the like when I have Paul Whittington on. When we talk NASCAR. He knows a lot more about NASCAR than I do. Like when I have Richard Clark on on Tuesdays and he talks NBA, he knows a heck of a lot more about the NBA than I do. That's what I see your role being on this show. Is you are now. Don't get it twisted. We're going to talk because I want to get some big rock in here in a little <laughs> bit too before we get done with this hour. Yeah. But you are going to be our PGA and golf expert. I mean, you are. You play the game. You love the game. Uh, and the, just ironically enough, the U S open was this past uh, week at the LA country club. I've got to tell you, please forgive me for saying that. I mean, I know Rory McIlroy, of course I know Scotty Scheffler. I know Ricky Fowler, dude. I had never heard of Wyndham Clark before this weekend. What about you? I mean, being the golf addict that you are, surely you probably knew who he was, but did you have any idea he was going to win the freaking U.S. Oh, no. Open. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, if I had known that he was going to win the U.S. Open, I would probably not be in your plush wellness <laughs> studio this morning. I would be with my wife and daughters, um, Michaela, Lily Grace, and Bella, enjoying cold drinks on a beach somewhere. Um, but <laughs> if you'd put, if you'd put a go, let's say this: oof. say if you'd put a cool grand down, it would have just a thousand dollars down on Wyndham Clark. It would have paid well. I don't know what the, I don't, I, I'm not a, uh, <clears throat> I'm not a gambling guy, but the odds were not 
in his favor. No. Uh, but he had been on a good trajectory. He, he he had won here in our great state of North Carolina at Quail Hollow. Um, he had won the Wells Fargo. And the Wells Fargo, you know, it, so, you know, there are courses for horses. That's a phrase that um, that that is commonly used in in professional golf. And what that means is there are guys whose game is built for big golf courses and quail hollow is a huge golf course. LA country club is a big course built for long hitters. Um, and, and I think that especially when you look at the closing holes at both courses, um, yeah, 16, 17 and 18 at both quail hollow and, uh, LA CC are, are long, long holes and they knock out a lot of guys who you know who who don't beat it and here's something to to help people who are not huge followers of golf understand if you have a friend that tells you they hit the ball 300 yards they lied to you okay now that's not to say that they haven't hit the ball 300 yards. Yeah. But when you go and you look at driving distance on the PGA Tour and, you know, these guys who probably hit um, hundreds of drivers a day, not different drivers, but they they pound a golf ball, you know, and they're, you know, hitting the ball, you know, 315 now you do see times when and this is where golf on television and golf in person are two different things so if you go and you watch a pga tour event you know the slope on a golf course you know when you're standing on the tee box and you're looking at the green and that green is 25 feet below where you're standing well, the physics of that, when you strike that ball, it, you're striking it at an elevation of, let's just, for simplicity, 100 feet. When you strike that ball, if the green is 25 feet below you, then chances are where that ball is going to land is 10 feet below where you started. Okay. Which means you told me there would be no math. Which exactly. <laughs> which meant well, as that's why I'm using simple numbers. Yeah. Which means as you strike that ball, if the slope is descending, then it's going to travel farther through the air initially. And then once it lands, if it's on a downward slope, then the spin and the momentum is going to let it roll farther, which is why you see guys hit the ball 350, 360 yards and beyond on some holes. But their tour average is going to be considerably less than, you know, if you, if you take the averages, that's how you get to those numbers in the middle. But, and those guys are not only in peak physical condition for the most part. I mean, the days of the John Daly's and the fuzzy Zellers and, and the guys of that type, who are built like myself for the most part versus the guys. I mean, it's the Tiger Woods-ization of golf, you know, where he was a fitness freak. And, and in all likeliness, his dedication to physical fitness probably shortened the longevity of his career. Mm -hmm. But so you have that. But so Wyndham Clark is such a great story. And – I was talking to uh, our our great mutual friend John Marshall yesterday, and um, he so if, if you watched a moment of the U.S. Open, oh, I watched you're aware, a lot this week. You're aware dude. that he lost his mother at 18 to breast cancer. She yeah. was 55 years old, and by all accounts, a wonderful woman, and um, and, and fittingly, her nickname for Wyndham was Winner. And he, you know, wins the U.S. Open. But, so he was in his freshman year at 
Oklahoma State University, which ironically is also the alma mater of his uh, playing partner on Sunday, Saturday and Sunday, I think, Ricky Fowler. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he loses his mom. And Mike McGraw, who is the golf, who was the golf coach, he, I think he still is a golf coach at Oklahoma State. But he 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 goes to Wyndham and he says, "Hey, look, man, you know you were one of the most highly recruited high school golfers in the country, and you've got the physical tools, but your mind and your heart aren't in this right now. You need to take a redshirt year." Understandably, uh, out uh, without a With doubt, everything that he went through, yeah. And and it ended up leading to him actually transferring, and he transfers to Oregon and goes on to play for Casey Martin, who, uh, for those of you who don't know, was a teammate of Tiger Woods at Sanford, and he was um, he has a degenerative health issue that limits his ability to walk, and so he was the one of the, he he petitioned the PGA Tour to be able to allow to to be allowed to use a golf cart. Um, and, and he did play a professional event using a golf cart. His, he really didn't have much, much success. I I don't know that he played more than one event, but, um, but you know, with, with the help of Casey Martin and the, the staff at, at Oregon, um, he was able to sort of right the ship and start to, um, start to be able to best use his physical tools to um, find his game. And I think that that is is an incredibly important story in the time that we live right now, and even with issues that we face with our local guys here who are tremendous athletes who have gone on to, to play collegiate sports. And Dontrez Styles came to my mind immediately when I heard that story, and, you know, we become so critical of not only the coaching staff at, at universities, but, you know, some, some even become critical of the players for not living up to the expectations that we had for them. But in so many times, you, you get somewhere and there are things that are happening in your life and there are things that are happening in the world around you that maybe the best coach you had is the coach that tells you, hey, this is not where you need to be for where you are in your life right now. And yeah, you know, and and for Wyndham Clark, he leaves Oklahoma State and he goes to Oregon and and that starts a transition that ends up making a US Open winner. And God knows we can only hope that the same thing happens for for Don Trez and 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 my hope is personally that at some point down the road we find out that that Hubert Davis or one of the guys on staff at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill you know talked to him and, and said hey look we love you we are so happy to have you as part of this but if we really love you maybe the best thing for us is to let you go on and, 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 and accomplish what is intended for you somewhere else. And that's not a bad thing every time. But I would have to agree with you, too. Not even to a degree. I think I agree with you wholeheartedly. I just don't know if if Hubert has the – and see, it's going to sound like I'm slamming him. I'm really not. I, I wanted to say mental acumen to do that. I just don't think – I don't think Hubert is on – that level of Roy Roy would have right now would Roy Williams have done that if he was I think Roy would because I've heard of Roy doing when Reggie decided to go pro Reggie or Roy really wanted him to stay for another year he thought he would he knew he would be probably late first round early second round uh but he really felt like if Reggie went or if Reggie came back for a senior year he would probably be a lottery pick he really thought he was going to be and when you look at Reggie's playing career, you kind of got to agree. I mean, he's been in the league now 10 years, yeah. but if he had stayed that extra year, he probably would have been a, a lottery pick because he would have been a, he would have been borderline All-American, Reggie Correct. would have as a Correct. senior. But when Reggie made the decision, sort of alluding to what you're talking about now, 
one hundred percent behind him. Personal, and, said, hey, and I mean, and, exactly. and we don't know the personal things in these young people's yeah. lives. And and he and needed the and Reggie needed the money. I mean, yeah. for his family, you yeah. know. I mean, he had just lost his grandmother a little bit earlier. His mom was going through some things. Obviously, we know what happened with his sisters. Sure. You know the the sad things there. So I think. You know, not that I'm going to try to recreate history here, Mike, but I think Reggie made the right decision, and Absolutely. Roy and Roy was in support of it. So Absolutely, to, to support your and, point, and right? I and I think he probably still supports him. And I think, oh, I know he does. And yeah. I think that you know, when you look at coaching structures, um, you know, different coaches, you know, some coaches act as a CEO, and you know, and then you have their assistant. But that, you know, that yeah, that's, well, and just going back to Hubert, just to make my point about him. And when I say he doesn't have the acumen yet, I just don't think he has the the gravity or the whatever. What's the word? Gravitas, I guess, uh, that Roy Williams had, that Mike Krzyzewski had. I don't think they, right. their counterpart, counterpart over at Duke has it yet either. So, I mean, it's not like I'm taking a shot at Carolina no, here. Yeah. I just think that I, I hate to say this the way I'm going to say it, and Trez may be listening right now or hear this and come back and say, no, you're wrong, Hanks, which I could accept, but – I just don't think Hubert cares about his play. And I, and I give you firsthand knowledge from being at the ACC tournament and being face-to-face with Hubert Davis and him saying one thing and then his players coming and telling us something different. Dude, that would never have happened with Roy. Mike, it would right. never have happened with Roy, and it never and, did. And, or Dean and, or Mike Krzyzewski or Tony Bennett at Virginia. And, so. and I think that – so, and I think that, did I get off tangent? I'm sorry, no, did I no, get off? but I think that the question in in regards to that is that could probably be as much about you know players today and where they feel like they are their own spokesperson and no one else is going to speak for me, and I can assure you that no one would have done that to Coach Smith. And I would dare say at at least until the latter part of his career, no one would have done that to Coach Williams or Coach Krzyzewski. And to a degree, I think that may have been what led both of those legends in coaching to step away from the game is that, you know, athletes feel like they're their own spokesperson and, you know, and – no, I and, just think, and that's a debate for another and again, day. This is but, Brian Hanks talking. I'm not speaking for Don Trez Styles. Trez sure. did a whole season of shows with me with t- on Tuesdays here on the Brian Hanks show. So he spoke for himself a lot. Here is my feeling, Mike Martin, and we'll put a bow on that, is that I don't think Hubert was really honest with his players. I mean, I feel like there were times that Trez felt like – you know, I mean, there was something, and I can tell you from talking to my people up in Chapel Hill, talking to my people in the Triangle, that the the coaching staff, and I'm not saying Hubert per se, but maybe some of the assistant coaches, they were trying to push out that Trez was not working as hard. I'm serious. That was, but it wasn't, officially, it was never put out there. When Trez, if you know Don Trez Styles, and I know Don Trez Styles, I mean, I've sure. seen him since he was at Woodington Middle School, and then in his time at Kenston High School, that son of a gun works his tail off, sure. and he has. And for them, I think that hurt his feelings a little bit too. And I don't know if Trez will maybe five years from now when he's in the NBA, and you know, which I really do, I think he's going to make it to the NBA, and I think he'll be able to speak openly about his time at Carolina. He really can't right now because he's so classy. He wouldn't do that anyway. But I think the narrative was being pushed out that Trez just doesn't work as hard. That's why he's not getting minutes in the game. Hubert rewards people who work hard in practice. Bull crap, dude. I mean, nobody worked harder than Trez. And I don't know. Sorry. You got me on a tangent here, Mike, okay? And that's that's back to Wyndham Clark. That's what you and I do best. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, and and so (laughs) – I think that anyone who's who's ever played golf at any level, yeah, no matter whether you're you know a weekend warrior or you play four times a year, right, <laughs> or or whether you've earned money okay. doing it, you know that the difference between the guys who play for money and the guys who don't quite make it is what's between their ears and that's not to say the intelligence but you have to be able to leave what happened 
on the last hole on the last hole. Whether it was good or bad. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think that what best exemplified that with um with this weekend's US Open was on in the final round on the eighth hole. Um Wyndham Clark uh hits it left into a shrub. I mean, it was it was a terrible lie and anyone who watched knew knows that um that that course was set up to be difficult and um and and they find his ball and he takes his swing and he does not advance the ball. Mm-hmm. And anyone that you know that plays in the Saturday group at their local <laughs> club would have picked that ball up, put it in their pocket, and said, I'll see you all on that. Yeah. You know, or, you know, play. And I told Michaela, I said, he's about to play a drop here. And he didn't. He regained his composure. Um, he he hit that ball from that lie, advanced it, and ended up making a bogey on what I think most people thought a double bogey or or – or better was his fate. And and so I think that moment and then um on fourteen, you know, when things are coming down to the wire and it's he against Rory, Ricky Fowler had fallen back and um he makes a uh he makes a birdie on fourteen and, and I think Rory made a bogey on they were Rory McElroy and Scotty Scheffler were in the in the group ahead of them, and um, I think Rory made a bogey in that. That I think sort of sealed the fate for that tournament. But a few things that I took away, and um, and I, I've t- I've spoken about this with several folks this week. So if you go to the the Wyndham. Which is sort of a cool tie-in to Wyndham Clark winning, yeah. but yeah, you know, the it it was Greater Greensboro Classic, the Greater Greensboro Chrysler Classic. It's had well, I grew up knowing it as the GGO, yeah, yeah, and the Greater Greensboro Open. If you go to that tournament, and and I've had the I've had the pleasure of going to that tournament, and I've also had the pleasure of playing. Sedgefield Country Club, which is the course that has hosted that tournament, I think more than any other course in that area. If you go to the GGO or whatever its uh, incarnation is now, Thursday through Sunday, it's essentially going to be the same golf course. That the conditions yeah. are going to be similar mm-hmm. and 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 straight through. And if you watched the US Open, the course they played on Thursday What's and not? the course they played on Sunday the only similarity is they played golf at those places. Yeah. It was, you know, it it gave up the two lowest scores in U.S. Open history, 262s on um, Thursday from Ricky Fowler and from Xander Shoffley. And then it progressively became more difficult, more dried out. The greens got firmer, less receptive, and – and you know, and it ended up yielding a uh, a, a net. You know, the final score was a, a they were ten under was the winning score. And so, think about when day it, one started out with two minus eight. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Correct. And so, you know, and and, and Ricky Fowler, who I, I think outside of Wyndham Clark is the best story that came out of this year's U.S. Open. So, Ricky Fowler was, he, I think, ended up probably tied for third or fourth. I think he ended, I think he was, a, he finished in the top five. Mm-hmm. So, tied for fifth, yes. Yeah, so Ricky Fowler in, in his career has been, you know, one of the golden childs of golf. He, along with Jordan Spieth, and um, Bubba Watson and that group sort of came up together. If you want to chuckle and want to see what um, golfers trying to be entertainers look like, look up, I, th- I think it's the Golf Boys, uh, Bubba, Ben Crane, 
Hunter Mahan, who's also another guy who has fallen on hard times with his golf game. And Ricky had this little mute boy band and would make videos, and they are hilarious. Um, but, yeah, you know, Ricky was a, a tremendous player. He He's won on the tour, and I think in the um, – early you know in the last 10 to 15 years you know I think anybody who had watched him as a young player would have said that this was a guy that was going to win a major tournament at some point and he has not he came in second three times one season and uh, in majors and Last year, he had reached the point where he was not invited to play in the U.S. Open. He was the first alternate in the 2022 U.S. Open, and he warmed up on the practice range, and he stood on the practice range with all those guys and watched them go off and um, and, and did not get to play because at that point his game was not good enough. And he reached out to Butch Harmon, who is, you know, one of the most famous uh, swing coaches in golf. And he got to work on his game. And this year he went from standing on the range, not getting to play to finish in the top five in the U.S. Open. And I think that speaks to his character as a human being as much as anything. Mm-hmm. And And more so... I can promise you, and this gets back to th- something we've discussed in the past, Ricky Fowler was a kid who was, um, I know was offered money by Liv because he has gravita- he has a following, the, the name recognition, yeah. and he would have benefited their their group, and and he he turned it down. Yeah. He he was in the same spot that a guy like Brooks Kepka was, who was and Brooks's was health and Rory's I mean and Ricky's was um you know not it was just he'd lost his game and it would have been real damn easy to say sure I'll take 20 million dollars <laughs> I mean and, I still don't understand and this thing and I'm sorry we're up against the clock I know, uh, yeah. no no we're already into the eight o'clock hour how yeah, about that I it know. is we knew it was going to be like this but that's what makes me respect the people who stayed on the PGA, you know, who said, hey, I know there's this easy money here in front of me, but I respect what the PGA has done for this game, what it's done for me, what my forefathers in the sport sure. have done. Sure. And it, that made you respect that. Listen, Mike Martin. Well, hold on, hold on. I got, okay. I got okay. one, one, more, one more quick point. Because okay. so, this weekend is the Travelers. They're yep. back in Connecticut. Yep. and. The PGA Tour, I am always, you know, a big proponent of the PGA Tour, but I do think that they need to at least re- reconsider how their schedule is formatted when the U.S. Open goes to the West Coast. So, two weeks ago, we play at the RBC in Canada. You leave Canada, you go to L.A. to play in the U.S. Open. Then you finish in la and you're going back to connecticut it's crazy for the players i mean for the um, i'm here for prime time golf though was that not well watching golf until 10 o'clock at night yeah it was it was it it was great and you know it's sort of the antithesis of what i say about other sports you know that's my complaint about the world series and the nba finals and all those things is you know it, it ends up running into too late but I think that the uh, I think that the U.S. Open at LACC was a great success. I think that you know that the USGA sets out to create the biggest, um, the toughest test for professional golfers, and I think they did that with great success. And they've already announced that the U.S. Open will return to LACC in 2039, which I think it's a little bit 16. crazy. Dude, dude, yeah. dude, I'll be 70. Well, I mean, maybe you and I can go there together. Uh, hey, you and I are going to Pinehurst next year. What are you talking about? Hey, look, Pine, the US to the best Open, of my ability, I've covered yeah. the last three at Pinehurst. I want to keep that streak at four. So uh, Yeah, we can broadcast in the back of a van in the parking lot? No, we can <laughs> No, we can actually. No, they have a broadcast area there. We could do the show live from Pinehurst. Yeah, but doing it in the back of a van would be cooler. It would be. <laughs> it really would. 
Mike Martin, you're the best, dude. Thank Appreciate you so much. Appreciate you, brother. Take hey, care. Uh, real quick, t- I mean, like 10 seconds, literally 10 seconds. Would you give sensation? Uh, would you waive the uh, the yes. shark bite thing? Okay. Yes, I would have. And one thing that I have said and I will continue to say is if the winner of the Big Rock, the purse is bigger than winning the Masters. How crazy is that? So if the money is like that, and in our state, our you know the division of marine fisheries is is trying to protect resources and have heavily impacted commercial fishermen that are close to my heart. Yeah, there needs to be independent rules officials on these boats. That fish, if it weren't, if it would not stand, should have gone back in the water. There you go, Mike Martin. I'm getting back in the water, dude. You are awesome, dude. <laughs> Love the pants too, man. <laughs> Love the pants. Listen, Mike Martin, our regular win- uh, Wednesday guest now here on the Brian Hanks Show. Really do appreciate him coming in and joining us. Uh, I got to tell you this, Forrest Dawson. He said, "I got to. I'll just read this to you real quick. Best quote ever: When a USGA official was asked if they were trying to embarrass the best golfers in the world by making the courses so tough, the official responded, "They weren't trying to embarrass them. They were just trying to identify them." How about that? There you go. That wraps up the first hour of the Brian Hanks Show. Coming up here in our second hour, George Whitfield, live from Omaha, Nebraska, on the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College here on 960 The Bull.